Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Child Whisperer Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her creative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of child whispering, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Hello, welcome to the Child Whisper podcast. Uh, it's great to have you. If you're new to the Child Whispering world, please go to thechildwhisperer.com. Check out my book, The Child Whisper, and also some great giveaways and bonus materials there when you subscribe, um, when you opt in. I have 26 videos that will support you in understanding your child's nature. I interviewed um, a, in 26 different uh, segments, I interviewed different parents and their kids, and I helped them profile their children, and there's a lot to learn by watching those. And so lots of resources on the childwhisper.com website. The blog is amazing. Thank you for those that follow the blog. It's growing in its reach. It continues to have more views, which I love because I love the content on the blog, um, especially, especially a, a recent post that just went up on April 2nd. Um, we're moving into... Uh, the next few shows on the Child Whisper uh, podcast, I'm going to be focusing on parenting teens, and we're going to be focusing on some support for parenting teens on the blog as well. And so on April 2nd, I posted a um, post that I love. It's had a lot of shares already on Facebook. It's been shared um, almost 4,500 times, and I think it's so timely Nine Damaging Ideas Teenagers Need You to Stop Thinking. There's a lot of kind of old, old school, old beliefs uh, that have been hanging around for several decades uh, about teenagers. And I would love for you to read this post with a questioning mind as far as I'm going to look at this and say, do I do this? As you know, I ask you to examine yourself as a parent. I ask you to evaluate your uh, your own parenting beliefs, your parenting methodology, and to to recognize that you're the the you're the 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 first in the process of a child being cooperative or rebellious or stressed or um, whining. You you initiate what then you're the cause of the effect. There you go. I was trying to find some reference to that, and causes your belief system and your parenting approach, and the effect is, how's your child doing? And so there's nine commonly practiced beliefs and attitudes that parents take on about teens, and even before your children are teens, you may have these presenting, and it may be, have been modeled to you, maybe you inherited this from your parents and their parents, a lot of uh, what I'd say unconscious um, parenting, meaning you're not doing it mindfully and consciously, is passed down. It's modeled by previous generations, and it's been a very, a model of hierarchy, a model of 
I am the parent, do what I say, and when children move into their teen years, you'll note in the child whisper, in each of the four types, I teach you about the phases of development that a child goes through. And through their teens, between 12 and 18 years old, they're developing autonomy and an independence from their parents. I'm creating other relationships besides my family unit. I'm exploring my relationship experience. And different of the four types, they approach it a little differently. And I give you guidance in understanding what does your child need in this phase of development. And they certainly don't need these damaging attitudes. So please read it and please share it on Facebook if you found it supportive. Uh, the child whispering method is getting out there thanks to those of you that share it, talk about it, and and share your own personal experience. Now on the same note um, about blog blog posts, I really would love for you to also go to thecarolblog.com. I have two blogs. One is completely dedicated to child whispering and parenting. The other one is a, um, is a fuller body of my work, the Carol blog. It's actually... Uh, has a stronger following. It's been around longer, so there's a little more momentum there. But we, I just posted this post yesterday, and it's titled, Do You Need a Facebook Cleanse? Nine Tips to Create a Healthier Online Experience. And I put a lot of thought into this. This has been on my, you know, this has been brought to my attention as we've moved into an era where social media is affecting our um social experience and our cultural experience with one another and in our communication and you know kind of how we interact as a humanity and and a lot of a lot of stuff goes on on Facebook that that I wanted to point out to help you again evaluate your own experience and what do you participate in and how is it affecting your life you might be uh, interested to know I'm, I'm, I'm clicking on the post right now because I want to read something from it. And you can go to thecarolblog.com to read the whole, the whole post. But, um, last year, a study showed that frequent Facebook users were more likely to be unhappy about their lives. I find that interesting because anything that you consume, whether it's food, um, media, what are you consuming into your your system of you, the your human being? And you consume Facebook. You consume the the words, the images, and the energy. The energy is a big one. We've had a lot of shares on this as well. Thank you so much for sharing this. I think it's a, a great editorial on some things to think about when it comes to Facebook. So please um, share that as well and leave a comment on either of the blog posts. So, um, don't have any announcements today, really. You can follow the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe there. Go to iTunes and do a search for Carol Tuttle. And uh, please uh, check out all of my wonderful support systems, Dressing Your Truth for Women, Dressing Your Truth for Men. There's, um, we have a strong Facebook presence on our pages. I am committed to it is a positive-only zone. It is uh, any derogatory, judgmental, um, any comments that are put on that have 
kind of a negative energy are deleted. It is support only. Uh, you know, people can share their opinions, obviously, but they're their opinions. But when they're focused on a judgment of another human being, I take them down. Uh, it's not our business to decide what's correct for other people. It's their business, not yours. Well, let's get into today's topic. I will be taking calls at the end, um, about 30 minutes into the show. So if you have a question for me, I'll take them in respect to any topic. Um, you can dial in at 347-677-1963 and press number one on your phone pad. And I'm going to do a giveaway today. I'm going to give a full set of the Carol Tuttle Library, which will include a copy of Remembering Wholeness, um, Discover Your Type of Beauty, It's Just My Nature, and The Child Whisper, and I'll autograph all of those. And I will be sending that to the first um, caller that calls in. So I love giveaways. I need to remember to do them more often and, and spend a little more time coming up with um, some fun giveaway ideas. So if you want to win that uh, the li- Carol Tuttle Library um, call into the show, make sure you press 1. Now today's topic is your teen struggling to fit in and how to help them. And I want to first stay, take a step back and let's look at what does that mean, fitting in. Um, I think we generalize some things when it comes to our children's experience. We accept some things to be just that's just the way it is. It's part of the culture of their age. And if we step back and we look at what do we mean by fitting in and really what do we want for our teen and what um, is creating this. And so in this, uh, and for most, again, a child between 12 to 18 is needing acceptance and validation from their peer group. That is just a part of their their emotional development. Um, in the phases of development, they move into this, um, hopefully they've been validated by mom and dad. They feel that they fit in and belong and are valued in their family system. Now they're going to explore that in their world of, of their peer group that they want to be accepted and feel like they have value to their peer group. And so that fitting in is referencing, I want to, you know, feel like I, my peer, I have friends, they love me, I fit in with them, I belong. I feel like I belong within a group of people that is my peer group that accepts me and loves me. Now, if they are not feeling loved and accepted in their family group, they will turn at this point when they hit this phase of development, not only because it's in their um, emotional design to seek this out, they will fall more heavy on that because they're now having to make up for what's lacking in their family experience. And so they'll migrate more to their peer group and they'll need more validation from a peer group because they don't have sufficient validation and a sense of belonging and a right to be themselves in their family group. And so kind of, you know, if you if you have a teen and I want, if you don't have a teen, there's some great lessons to learn from today's podcast to prepare for those years being very amazing and delightful and supporting your child. Because what happens by age 12 is and you would not have had this information. So if you accidentally did a really good job on parenting a child true to their nature, you didn't have the resource of the child whispering insights and the four types to give you an added advantage to say, wow, my son or daughter is a type four more serious child. 
or my son or daughter is a type 2 more sensitive child. So if you've got children in their teens, they may have a little bit of fallout still, meaning you didn't do some things quite as well as you could have. And now I never point fingers or go down that path of blame because I don't believe you've ever in your heart wanted to do anything that was hurtful. Um, you know, I just don't attract people that are that are nasty, um, conniving, angry people that are saying, yeah, I want, you know, I care about my kid. Um, I attract people that are really conscious and wanting to learn and grow and do the best for themselves and their children. And so in your case, you didn't know. And, and you've got a teen now that has a little bit of fallout, meaning they aren't, they've had, they haven't had enough validation in their um, school age years between 6 and 12 from their family group to feel confident about who they are. So now their self-esteem is struggling. Now it's not too late to remedy that. So that will put them in a little bit of a compromised situation to either depend more heavily on their peer group or struggle more with feeling accepted with the peer group because they are just continuing the pattern into their social experience with their peers. And so you can kind of look at that and say, where's my teen at? What's their level of confidence? How well have I supported them in understanding their nature and living true to it and feeling loved and validated and the freedom to live it? and to really develop their natural gifts and talents, age-appropriate, of course. And so you're, um, that's the first step in this sort of where, how do we do? Where, where do they need more support? So if you didn't do, most likely you probably didn't do as well as you now know you could have. That's okay. I always say it's never too late. You, you're, you're always going to have that role as a parent. You're always going to have the opportunity to influence your child's emotional well-being. I don't care if they're 40. You'll have an opportunity to influence their emotional well-being to feel loved and validated by you. And so you can start to do what you didn't do. And you might notice in the book, in the Child Whispering book, notice that as I break down these phases of development that a child moves through from birth to age 18, there are key phrases that I give you to use with your child that offer that validation and to affirm their well-being. So you can actually, let's say there's things that they needed to hear from you when they were just an infant, zero to six months. You can say those now. You know, adapt the language so that it just, you're slipping it in. You're, you're just giving compliments to your child. You're affirming them. You're recognizing their well-being, their, their humanity of their nature. And so go through those. What is your child needing to hear from you that they did not hear and that be in the energy of truth about that when you're in, present, in the presence of that love and energy, they feel that energy from you. Give them that. And you'll be able to kind of bring them up to where they need to be, you know, make up the difference in a manner. And now they're going to be more prepared to establish this ability to connect with peers from a place of confidence, a place of I know who I am and what do I want in a social group. You know, what kind of friends do I want? Who do I like being with? And now that's going to vary depending on their type as well because children um, have different social experiences based on their nature. And we'll just 
you know, I'll go over the four types briefly and what you could expect them to experience when it comes to that belonging, fitting in experience. And, you know, I always feel it's always okay to be honest and talk realistically with your child. Now, and again, the level of trust will depend how open they will be with you, and maybe you have to build some trust. Maybe that hasn't been established to the degree it would support both of you. And so maybe you need to take some time with using these affirmations of your child, um, really starting to show up for them in a way that you recognize them and that trust will build. They will start to talk to you. They will start to tell you their issues. And so you can find, you know, if you notice that your child's struggling with their social experience with their peers, they don't feel like they are fitting in, they don't belong, you can chat about them that with them. And I wouldn't assume things and just draw conclusions. I'd let them tell you their experience. I'd, you know, a good setup statement is, how do you feel about your friends? You know, it's important to even educate them. This is a time in your life where it's really important for you to um, feel like you're accepted and your friend that that people like you and your friends accept you. How do you feel about you know how's that going for you? Because that's really normal. Don't try and diminish it. Don't be saying things like, "Well, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Your friends don't really matter. Don't let them bother you." You know, you, your family loves you. Your family really loves you. Because that's contrary to what their emotional need is, is at this development is at this point. Yeah, those are, that, that's a Band-Aid over a deeper issue that needs to be resolved. That they're going to spend a lot more years trying to, to work out if they don't work it out in this phase. Because what we do is, you can even read through those phases of development and look at yourself and say, where did I not get my needs met? between birth and age 18 and what am I still trying to work out as an adult? Because that's the interesting thing about emotional needs. If we don't get them developed and those needs met, they they are prevailing. And they are sort of this, it's like an appetite that needs to be satisfied. It's like this needs to be taken care of. And you don't, you know, we're a, we're generations of adults that have carried these unmet emotional needs into our adult lives, trying to resolve them, and then looking to our spouses uh, to be the the parent we never had. And, you know, that's just codependency, and that just goes down the road of contention. Because in any marriage, when we get needy and that child, those childhood issues present, and we're unconscious of it, but that's where that emotion's coming from, it turns our significant other off. We both, you know, you kind of want to get away from that. It feels like, ooh, you know, on some level you know it's not my job to be your parent. So you want to help your child be in a healthy place so by the time that they move into their adult experience, they can be in their adult experience. So... Having that conversation, once you've established trust, will support you being able to support them. And then them learn about what their preferred, what would belonging look like to them? Well, if you, you know, that's a fair question. If you felt you belonged and you fit in with your friends, what would that look like to you? Let's just 
see if they even have a healthy version of that. You know, because what if they're trying to make up some uh, something that you need to provide? See, that's where you want to, are they looking to their friends now to have some emotional need met and validation of self where it's really mom and dad's job to do that? Because a healthy fitting in and belonging looks like I have friends that know me, love me, they accept me, I love them. We get we get into some sticky territory once in a while, but we we learn to work it out because ultimately we're friends. I have friends that I can trust, that I can be myself with, and it's so that's the difference. Is they need to fit in or belong so they feel better about themselves, then that's where mom and dad haven't done the job, and. That was my, I reflect back on my teenage years, I had this this huge need to fit in. I was, you know, as a type 3 that I didn't know I was a type 3. Um, I remember I was in junior high in seventh grade, and more than anything in the world, I wanted to be a cheerleader. Because I, I had this very um, belief, this very incorrect belief that, being a cheerleader, I would fit in and I'd feel better about myself. I'd, I'd feel validated. And I remember at the time, I am a member of the LDS faith, um, and at the time there was a lot of talk in all the conferences and sort of over the pulpit about this whole getting prepared, emergency preparedness. And I am being completely honest with you. One of my biggest fears was, and this is the, this is the mind of a, a 13-year-old who's scared and insecure, who's not free to live her nature, which I was not. Um, I, one of my biggest worries was that the world would come into huge catastrophes and we'd all be in survival mode and I wouldn't get to be a cheerleader and I wouldn't get to experience finally that I had worth. Now, I, I, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't have this thought, well, I need to be a cheerleader so I can feel valuable and I feel like I belong somewhere. I didn't have that kind of consciousness, but now I know that's what was the subconscious drive in it. And I remember, um, so cheerleading was an interesting playing out for me because I put so much on it as far as what it needed to provide for me, see. And very unhealthy. See, my parents weren't conscious enough to recognize, you know, our things are out of balance here. Our daughter does not feel loved and appreciated. In her, you know, how can my parents give me that when they didn't feel that? So, you know, it was a generational passing it down. But when I got, I, I tried out when I was in seventh grade for eighth grade cheerleader and I didn't make it. And it was crushing to me. And my mom, rather than tuning in with, why do you need this so much? I want to help you. Her only way of trying to appease me was to say, I don't know why they wouldn't um, vote for a girl like you, you know, which didn't resolve anything. I distinctly remember her telling me that, you know, where the conversation would have been supportive if my mother had the consciousness and the well-being of self in her type 2 nature to say, honey, you know, why is it so important for you to be a cheerleader? You know, the, you know, it's good to do those things when you're bringing your confident self to it, but when the wounded self is driving it, those things backfire in a child's life. And so then I went on to high school in my freshman year, I tried out to be a um, junior varsity cheerleader, and I happened to make it. You know, I was really determined. And I made that year, and it didn't quite resolve 
my insecurities. So then my sophomore year, because I had freshman, sophomore, junior, senior with the, the age grouping of my high school at the time, my sophomore year I tried out to be a varsity cheerleader. And you'll notice in my book, Discover Your Type of Beauty, I think I have a picture of myself in my cheerleading uniform. Because now I was in a position of attention, and I had a lot of, I had created, and I own this, I created a lot of, because my belief was I don't have value, I'm not beautiful, and my brothers, um, and I'm, they're good people. I love my brothers, they're really good people. So it was just, again, bad parenting on my parents' part that they didn't give us what we needed so that we could love and support each other. So my brothers teased me a lot. And they made fun of me, and they would call me things like Peg Legs and Carol Barrel. Um, and really, my, if you met my brothers, they are outstanding men. Um, I can say just beautiful things about them. It was, again, a uh, dysfunctional family culture that these things played out. And it was very wounding to me. And my sophomore year, um, when I was a varsity cheerleader, I was so now consumed by this need to fit in and having to have a certain appearance that I actually um, started binge eating. That's when my binge eating started kicked in. I didn't have full-blown anorexia because I didn't do the purging side of binging. I, I just binged. I became addicted to food and obsessed with food and weight. And I gained about 35 pounds. And now I was a spec, you know, I felt very self-conscious of that being a overweight cheerleader and the shame that comes with that. But I was still just driven to need this validation of being um, a cheerleader. So my sophomore year, I tried out for varsity cheer again. No, that was my junior year. Sophomore year, I was a JV. Junior year, I was a varsity cheerleader. So for my senior year, I tried out again, and it was interesting. My um, school changed our voting process. They took away popular vote and they decided to make the choosing the five varsity cheerleaders from a judging process. And I made it in the top 30. And we had to perform a routine that every girl performed the same routine and then we had to perform one of our own. And we were then judged by evaluation of numbers. And there were like four or five judges. And I was like number 29 out of these 30 contestants. And I was so my type three played out really big on this one. I was so confident I was going to win. You know, kind of where you could even say it was a little bit of a um, the attitude I had was a little cocky. But I was so confident I was going to win. My, I remember my father saying to me, and again, rather than my father saying, "You know, why is this so important to you? I want to help you because I don't want you to you know hang your whole life on cheerleading." and your value of self, you know. But he said to me, well, what if you don't win? And I said, well, I'm I'm sure I will because only two or three, of, there's only three of us that are trying out again. The rest are graduating. And I was so sure I would. Well, I made a mistake. I, to this day, distinctly remember in the routine that everybody had to do the same, I distinctly remember as if it had just happened going putting in a jump and right as I had done it I knew that I had made an error and I just moved through it kept going did my next routine and when they came out to announce the scores I was number six and I missed it and in that moment <laughs> this makes me cry because 
how much I depended on that to value myself. My whole world came tumbling down. I know it was a lesson I had to learn because I didn't have the benefit of my parents teaching me what I needed to learn about who I was. But God and my own soul orchestrated this whole falling apart of that because I couldn't continue to hook my personal value on this cheerleading thing and it forced me to feel all of the shame I felt and the discomfort and very difficult when you're 16 and 17 to not have the tools that I have now but my mother was very compassionate she felt very very sad for me but she didn't know how to help me and I don't know if my father even really noticed but um, it brought me to myself it was one of the first big events of my life that had you know, where I had to find my own sense of self and who I was aside from any role I played and anything I did, that it was like, who am I and what's my personal value? And it was just crushing to me at the time, but it made me connect with a part of me I'd never connected with and and to come back from that. And it was really an interesting, it was such, it was so, like God's hand was in this in a huge way. Because came to that place of just accepting, I, I just, I choose to be me without this. Um, one of the girls that had won came to me in the middle of the summer, came to my house, knocked on my door and said, um, I just want you to know I'm moving, I'll be moving this summer. And I actually knew I was going to be moving. I just wanted to see if I would make it. And that allowed me to be the fifth person. But it was really interesting because of the process I had gone through of letting go of that needing to validate me. I still chose to do it, but it really didn't mean much to me anymore. It didn't matter. It's like, okay. And I... I didn't really even enjoy it that much that senior year. And I was still struggling with the weight issue, um, the being in that awkward position. I, I struggled with my weight all through college um, and just being obsessed with feeling overweight every day and that being in my face, you know, every day. It was just I'd wake up and it's like, I have to lose weight today. I mean, I know that story, you know. I know what that experience is like to be addicted to food, binging, in that cycle every day of your life of that you you know, you won't again, that was my next big hook was I don't have any value until I lose weight. So I didn't even know I was gonna share that story today, but what is your teen going through alone that they need your help with? So they don't need to fit in, they just naturally have that experience of fitting in. They don't need certain experiences as a teen to feel valued because they get that from their family. And I have to tell you, all the things I've been able to do in my career, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show, but I, you know, I know this isn't going to happen, but if God came to me and said, okay, of all the things you're involved in, you get to pick one, which one are you going to pick? Hands down, I'd say, the child whisperer, let me help parents. Let me help parents understand their kids so they don't have to 
lived through what I lived through and what most likely their parents have lived through to some degree. So use those steps. If you just listened to join the show, I explained some things. It's important to listen to this show from the beginning to get into a place of more awareness to help your child, your teenager, and to make up the difference of what that you didn't know that you know now about who they are. And I think The Child Whisper is a great book for teenagers to read. They can relate to it. It will be eye-opening to them. Let them have that benefit of understanding themselves. Do a read-aloud with them. Let them read it themselves. Chat about it. I've heard of whole families that use this within their family system. The kids understand each other better. There's more acceptance, appreciation. It changes our perception of people and our expectations then, which allows more love, harmony, and cooperation to naturally evolve. It just naturally evolves when all of that gets adjusted. So make sure your your teen knows who they are and their nature. And if, if they're resistant to you because the trust has been there's been a lack of trust, you can start using the phrases of validation. When Make sure you study those. Go back to this book. Read it again. Rem- those phases of development so that you have this advantage to give your child the things you didn't get. And the beauty of this is when you give it to a child, you give it to your own self. And it supports you in your own healing. So everybody wins on this one. Well, I'm going to open the show for questions. Um, I announced a little earlier I have a giveaway today, the Carol Tuttle Library, a copy of each of my four books, and autographed by me. And I do have, I don't know if the person that called in first knows they won that, but um, I'll bring them on the air. Hi, 956, you are on the show, area code 956. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I am. Uh, I, I have a question. Um, it's a little um, off topic. Um, I don't. Oh, I don't have okay. children. Did you know I was um, doing a giveaway? No, I. Well, I heard it at the beginning of the show, so that's okay, very exciting. Okay, good. Yes, I, I meant. <laughs> I had no idea I was the first caller. So yay! You're the first caller. Um, so <laughs> let me take care of that business before you ask your question. If you will okay. email your name and address to um, parenting at liveyourtruth.com. They will send, um, we'll have the information we need to send that bundle of books off to you. All right. Great. Thank you. Okay. That's exciting. Sure. Um, I'm sorry. Had, you had me a little choked up. So, I know. Um, did I, was, <laughs> I was kind of like, whoa, that was great. I'm grateful when I can share a personal experience and it's heartfelt, you know, because, yeah, very powerful. Thanks. But thank you for that. Um, yeah, you're welcome. I have uh, been a member um, for a little since last January, a little over a year. Um, I originally thought I was um, either a two or a four because of the lower movement and introvert introverted nature. Um, and then I finally, after many many months, settled on a four with a secondary one. And meanwhile, I've been doing some healing. I was um, adopted, and as a baby, um, 
I was adopted and then I was in a foster, I mean, I'm sorry, I was given up for adoption, put in a foster home for a couple months and then was finally adopted. And during how, that How old time, are you when that happened? Um, I was an infant. I was, it was during my okay. first year of life. Okay. So it was, it was tiny. And when I, my parents finally got me, um, I was severely malnourished and um, I had real terrible thrush in my mouth from dirty bottles. And my dad, who's he's not dramatic at all, he said I was looked like those starving children that you see on, on the, the TV um, infomercials. And he said, you know, my skin was hanging from my bones and I was very bloated in my Aww. stomach. Um, but as soon as I got with them, I, I think my my mom told me it was a very fast turnaround. I, my health started to sure. recover quickly. Um but um, so I've been working on healing some of um, those. Um, I mean, I, I don't have a, a verbal or or a conscious memory of of all of that happening. Sure. But I know that there are emotions that have been kind of ruling my life, and I didn't wasn't quite aware you know, of that. And let me insert something real quick. You you have two con- you have two kinds of well, actually, there's different levels of memory. There's what you just your mind remembers. There's emotional memory, and then your body remembers. So there's body memory, yes. and that's yes. a pretty, pretty um, distinct one with this um, original uh, trauma. It's an original mm-hmm. trauma um, that your body has a memory of. Mhm. Yes, and I I did learn a little bit like a kinesthetic memory or something. I I remember reading about that at one point. Right. Um, and so I I um, have been um, working on really I guess acknowledging some of these emotions that are you know getting to the core of why I'm feel why I'm reacting certain ways to certain things and I um, started reading your book Remembering Wholeness and I started to do some of the visualizations that you have in your healing center and that's brought up more stuff and. I actually, I do have contact with my birth mother, and I had an idea because I started uh, paying more attention. I do have child whisper. I was reading that, and I said, well, let me ask her what I was like in the womb. And she couldn't remember, but she did tell me that she had, she was with me the first two days before she finalized her decision for adoption. And she said the one memory she carried with me the whole time was that I was extraordinarily active and very squirmy and that I would move around so much I would almost turn myself over and her mom also told me the same thing about 10 years ago when I met her. She said, you had the strongest legs I ever saw and that you would almost flip yourself over. And then my mom raised me. She said I would climb out of my crib and she would always have to go find me somewhere in my room because I'd be playing somewhere and she had no idea how I was able to climb out of my crib. Yeah. And all of this has come about and I started to... I, I, I'm wondering... I also have a, a real strong fear. Um, I, I'm very overwhelmed around people. It's really difficult for me to maintain myself around people. And um, I'm wondering if um, it's possible that I could be a one, a dominant one instead of a dominant right. four based upon that higher activity at the beginning. I know four is right. be active. Um, I'm just well, wondering I, if I'm uh, let, me, let me respond. Um, uh, the uh, women will, people will mistype themselves into um, 
a type 2 or type 4, a lower movement. Um, one of the kind of the mistyping, they'll, they'll, I met someone recently that did this. She's a type 3, and she profiled herself as a type 2. And she goes, but I'm really sensitive, and I'm really scared of people. And I said, scared is not the same thing as subtle. And mm-hmm. so when you've been wounded in your childhood and, and kind of kind of took took on this original imprint of the world's a scary place and I you know I could die here, you're gonna have develop with this sense of um, I have to watch out for myself. You know I'm it's scary, it's a dangerous exactly. place. Exactly. So they'll they'll feel that and think that's part of their nature when it's just really a wound. It's their mm-hmm. wounded energy um, from original traumas that, uh, and that can even look like yours was. Ex- you had, ex- you you know, you you your trauma falls in the category of that was abuse. You know, you just huge neglect. It was on the higher level of trauma. Now there mm-hmm. might be trauma for a type three or a type four. You know, for another type where it's just you're told to calm down or shut up or shush so many times. That falls mm-hmm. into trauma in the child whispering world and childhood events. It's just not the the kind where you're being um, neglected, abused, and you know that level. So you definitely had that. So you're naturally not going to feel safe to move true to yourself in the first three years of your life. Yes, you're just not going to have that freedom of self-expression because you've already now develop this survival mechanism. What do I got to do to survive here? And this yes. is all part of your developmental sense of who you are. And that's why energy profiling depends so heavily on those body language, um, you know, looking at being able to profile body language and like you're doing the original movement of yourself naturally and then your features. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look like a type one, you're a type one. Yes, and you got wounded, and so, and and that's why it's so powerful because it says, it's like for the first time in your life you get to say, "Wow, I've just found me, and I've never gotten to experience." Because you would have been in the case of never um, freely being able. You know, I'm I'm confident. If you're a type one, you had a lot of expressions of it, but there's always this okay. sense of watch out, you know, be careful. Yes, and and I know, um, I was always I, I, I my parents were, um, they were supportive, and you know, that I knew I was adopted all the way growing up, but I yeah. always had this sense that. Um, this fear that well, if I screw up or if I do something wrong, right? That's from that up, original, be... you know, neglect that just gets imprinted on a deep level. That that's just kind of like your take on your, you know, that becomes a part of your original belief system, mm-hmm. which is which you can clear. You know, as you know, you can yes, yes. you can release that. You can just say, you know, that was my that was um, an induced trauma. It's not my truth. It's not the truth about who I am and the world in which I live, and I can create. Life is supportive. The world is safe, and I feel safe and comfortable around people. Now, when you're feeling that 
insecurity around people. It's not even mm-hmm. your adult self. It's still the little child. Right. Yes, That's where I, that's coming I just, from. I've just opened up to that. I even had dreams of that. And I just, I didn't know if it's, is it, um, have I been a, a type 4 that's given away my authority or have I been a type 1 that's been adapting well, according to Well, you've got to get out of the, you know, looking at all that and really get clear on the profiling of your your facial features mm-hmm. and your body profile. Because if I met you, I'd know instantly. You know, I'd be like, yeah, tight. So you've got to, you're getting lost in all the what about this, what about this, about this. Right, yes. Depend on the face profiling. Okay. So I guess it's possible to be a type 4 that had that super high active um, Could be, because you would have moments of it. Okay. You could have those moments. And are you dressing your truth? I've been dressing as a type 4. and How's that uh, going? Good. Um, it, it was a you struggle get at first. I do. I get compliments. Um, I also there is a vast have, world of difference between a type four style and a type one style. Yes, there is, and I I did purchase some type one things from the Dressing Your Truth store, and I started to try on a little bit of type one and. Um, I do kind of get the compliments like, oh, I like your earrings or I like your shoes. Uh, but, um, and then also just that I, people not believing that I am my age because, but, yeah. um, and then in well, type I, four, I, I get, oh, be okay. Fun. More than anything to try and figure, I'm not, I want you to be okay with your process because mm-hmm. this is a part of you, your healing, this whole process of discovery itself. And it's okay that if you'll hold the intention, I'm going to know who I am and I'm going to know when I know it. Okay. Okay? Because you will. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be like resolved. You're going to be like, I know. I'm 100% sure. And I trust my process and I'm grateful that God's guiding me. And I'm going to know. And I'm going to know when I know. And I'm going to just move on then. And you will. Great. I I can't wait. I've been waiting for 20 years. <laughs> for How old are you? To, I'm I'm about to be 40 and um okay, I really, yeah, well, and I hear your voice. I mean, you sound like you're 25. <laughs> That's well, <laughs> you do have more of a type 1. You have both. Yeah, I hear the type 1 in you, but you're very well spoken. Um your line of thinking is very clear. You know, you just are very well mm-hmm. thought out. So you're 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 spot on that you know you're you've got the one and the four energy. Yes, I And I, I, I just, think you're you're you know, ninety nine percent there. And it's just gonna be <laughs> that that confirmation that you receive. That needs to come mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. Not from me or anyone else. That needs to be that really is gonna be your um a huge part of your healing to say 'cause God knows who you are and in that validation and confirmation from God, you're never gonna question it again. Because if it comes from anywhere else, there's that window of questioning that's still left. Yes, and I've been doing that for several years, looking outside of myself to other people for them to tell right. me well, who I am. Right, naturally, from I'm, what has happened in your life, yeah. I can see why. Yeah. So yeah. take that position. I'm going to know. I'm confident I'm going to know which type I am, and I'm going to know when I know. And God is confirming this for me. And... And trust that. I mean, if everybody would just do that in this process of 
deciding their type, I guarantee God's going to show up and, and nail it mm-hmm. for you. And you're going to, it's going to be like this spiritual epiphany and like, whoa, and like a moment you'll never, you'll, you'll always hold close to yourself. Mm-hmm. They go, Great. thank you. God loves me. And, you know, thank, I got it. So let me now, I would love to hear back from you once that happens and you can share your okay. experience. Because I'm going to hold yes, that space for you, too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll send, those, send an email, it. and we'll send those books off to you. Great. Thanks. I'm excited. Thanks for your call. Right. Thank you. Got another caller, 208. You're live on the show. Hi, Carol. Um, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story because oh, – <clears> Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, no, it's all good now, you know. I think you shared it for me today. That's why. Well, thank you. <laughs> I had very similar experiences in junior high through high school, too, just like that, with the cheerleading even and everything. Yeah. And and I started, I watched your one of your videos this morning about um, the weight loss, the healing to help with weight loss. And so I The one with Jenny? Yes, mm-hmm. and so I think you had like, to bring that forward today to help me. Give people what are they talking about on the Carol blog? There's a post. Um, this woman lost 17 pounds. I I don't know the exact the, but um, I worked with her in two mini sessions. You can look for that on the Carol blog. So go ahead. So anyway, you brought that out for me. I think so. Thank you so much. That wasn't even why I was calling, but I was. Oh, great. You're welcome. Great thing for me this morning. Um, my question is, I have my son that he'll be 11 at the end of this month. He's a type, well, he's a type 1, 2, but when he gets frustrated, um, mad, whatever, you know, it's the type 2 that really comes out. Okay. And so he's taking karate, and my older daughter, she'll be 16 in a few months, she is also taking karate with him, and she's now a black belt, and so she's teaching him quite often. And okay. she, when, and her, well, first of all, how do I help him when he's there? It seems to come out more there, especially, or it, it's more of a problem for him there anyway. When he gets frustrated, especially when he's sparring, fighting what types your daughter? somebody else, she's a type four. I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's the right place for him. Okay. I don't. Uh, He's a type 1 with a secondary 2. That is a very strict discipline. Uh, Type 4, 4-3s, 3-4s are going to excel in that. You've got to have a mix of some type 4 in there because it's all about focus and precision and it's such a mental thing, you know. It's not fun and light and, hey, let's socialize. Yeah. You know, he's not and having he a, makes it he's fun not and having light, a and that's the problem time. with my type four. <laughs> it's the, yeah, and then, she then if she's kind of like the model of, and she's trying to help him, but from her type four way, that's not yeah. even getting close to it. I just don't think it's a match for him. I don't think he's so my, not fun. He's not yeah. having any fun. Yep. And he, well, he says he enjoys it, but, yeah, maybe that's Well, yeah, but he's thing. been conditioned to a certain degree to say, you know, is what you're doing, and, you know, he's a type yeah. one. He's going to tell you. He's tell yeah. you he enjoys it. Well, so maybe that solves my problem, too, is, um, you know, when he gets frustrated or whatever, 
she often immediately goes to tears, and then he's embarrassed. Yeah, it's kind of defeating for him. I mean, he's in something that he's not going to naturally excel effortlessly in, okay? Okay. It's just not a match because the energy of karate is a type 4, type 3 kind of energy. It's not a type 1, 2 energy. And so he'll try and apply himself because, you know, you're supporting him and he wants to do well because he wants to succeed in things. But this mm-hmm. is where we miss it. As parents, we, you know, it's like I put Anne in softball. My type 2 sweet little Anne, she was 6 years old, 7, 8 years old, she was playing softball. I should have had her in ballet lessons. And she'd stand there at the um, home plate when she, it was her turn to bat. And she was in, she would just freeze. She was in such fear. She couldn't even swing the bat, you know. It was just, a whole thing was just overwhelming to her and the pressure she felt. And she's like, Mom, you're the one that wanted to play softball, not me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry that I know you should have been in ballet. I apologize. I didn't know. You know, would you like, maybe I should pay for some lessons now or something. I don't know. But, you know, I I wasn't trying to, but it wasn't a match for her. Uh She tried, too. She tried so hard. And she would just, she'd hold back those tears, and she'd stand there. She could not even swing that bat. She was so overcome, overwhelmed with worry. And I'm like, oh, you poor little thing. You were, you know, this little kid. So um, I really honestly don't think it's a match for him. Okay. Find something he can excel in as a type one with a secondary two. He and it needs to have some social quality to it. Okay. Um, so my other question with that, too, is how do I help him be okay with when he has those emotions in you know, it's not only been karate. That's just where I've noticed it most lately. But he's had a few other situations where, you know, if Again, you're trying, this is a his friends are going to see out, him. Yeah, and, that's just not, um, you know, how long have you known this information? Um, About a year. Yeah, you're in process of unwinding some things for him. Mm-hmm. And helping him feel confident about who he is. And build that confidence. So the things, he's in that preteen. So the things I talked about um, in the early part of the show of going back and the validation he needs, the own sense of self, you're making up for some missed opportunities that you didn't know. And you've got to just okay. be okay with that process as he comes into his own, but make sure he's involved in things that support who he truly is. You know, okay. what else is in his life that's not supportive to him? And where do you need to make those adjustments so that it he's a fun-loving child and you're experiencing his fun-loving nature and not his stressed nature, mm-hmm. his nature being stressed? <laughs> okay. It's a process. What type yeah. are you? <laughs> I'm a type two, two, three. It's okay, and it's not as bad as you think. He's really, it's not, don't overly worry about it. And things are doing, things are great. Um, you're probably, it's magnified for you a bit right now. Um, mm-hmm. So just put it in perspective. Well, it, is. it is, because I and remember don't feeling make the, the same mountain way. out of the molehill. He's doing a lot Having better than you. spring and thinking, I don't want to be crying and I don't need to be crying. That's not how I'm feeling. I'm just frustrated. <laughs> 
Yeah. So just be what you think. Be okay with it, you know, and say that's all right. I cry a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all right. You know, and what tears did you not get to cry that he's kind of mirroring for you? You know, because you were stressed out as a child. See, there's yeah. a lot of unwinding of your own stuff and your kids, and a lot of emotion that just needs to be processed. That's it, and and it, you'll move through it. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Well, thanks to everyone who joined the show today. I, um, I love today's show. I really enjoyed sharing my personal story. Thank you for sharing the Child Whisper podcast with others. Like it, um, share it, send people to listen. We had a um, second all-time high of listens last month of just under 18,000 listens. Thank you so much. Most of you listen through the um, through. I think iTunes is the most popular medium. And next week, uh, we'll be listen. If you call in with your questions, if you've got a idea for a giveaway within reasonable <laughs> within a reasonable um, monetary value. Um, what would you like us? What would you like me to be giving away on the show? You can um, send your suggestions to parenting at liveyourtruth dot com. Next week we're talking about looking that up. Body image, helping your team to see their body clearly. Well, I've got a lot of personal experience on that one, so that's an important, important time in our lives that we whatever we acquire is our image of our body in our teens is the is what we take into our adult lives that we it kind of it, it imprints pretty strongly so even if you don't have a teen listen in this will help you with your own body image issues cuz they originated in your teens and we're going to help clean that up so tune in next week I'm looking forward to it appreciate everybody And I'll talk to you soon. For more information on Carol's revolutionary Child Whisperer parenting system, go to www.thechildwhisperer.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking parenting book, The Child Whisperer. That's www.thechildwhisperer.com. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Child Whisperer show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being a part of today's show.